0: 33 percent of blacks compared to 22 percent of whites at 35 to 49 so that that, there's a big difference there that shows the the difference of of what what we have and so it talked about diabetes right it says diabetes 10 percent of blacks have diabetes and six percent of whites have diabetes within the age of of 30 35 and 49 and so it goes on to talk you know this is the example that the CDC gives and yeah, so right? So it says 0.7% of blacks, 0.4% of whites within 18 to 34. It says 2% of blacks and 1% of whites in the age of 35 and 49. It says 7% of blacks and 4% of whites between 50 and 64. So you're saying how, how does it affect us? It, 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 it's always on a higher rate than it affects any other communities or any other, you know, especially if you want to call point the, the difference between the whites and the blacks. And so, and, and, and the question is, you know, why, why is there a difference? You know, what, what, what causes the difference that happens? Of course, you know, we, we talk about, you know, uh, uh, economic situations. Uh, it goes back to, again, um, how the community, I think, responsibility. You know, we said earlier how the community thinks about medicine. You know, or how we thinks about uh, healthcare. Uh, there's a lot of things in there, and, I, and I'm not going to take up a whole lot of the time, but because I, I want, I want to get you guys' thoughts on it. Uh, but that there, there is that there, there's a lot of things that plays in that like that causes us to have that difference.
1: Well, I think at this point, I, I, you know, I think we would be we missed if we didn't do what we always do is. You know, bring some level of reading material that we um, always do. So, you know, Nick, if you can share with us, you know, the um, medical apartheid and some of the philosophies in that book, I mean, the power of why we are who we are when it comes to African-Americans in this country and what has been done to us when it comes to health and health care and why we... Respond even when you talked about the talked about the COVID shot, um, you know, I think that book kind of speaks to it, and then we'll of course we'll talk about the other book right after that. But if you can speak to a medical apartheid um, um, Harriet Washington's um, research
2: in that book yes this this was probably one of the hardest books I ever had to read, and I read um uh, the Mayankoff the autobiography of Adolf Hitler. <laughs> and this book was harder to read than that book. And in this book, Medical Apartheid, The Dark History of Medical Experimentation on the Black Americans from colonial times to present. All right. In this book, I'll just use an example. J. Morris and Sims. Do anybody know who that man is? That is the father, quote unquote, of genealogy. And he's from me and Ronnie's hometown, Lancaster, South Carolina. And I, oh, I'm sorry. Lancaster, you know, yeah. that's in South Carolina. Lancaster's is in Pennsylvania. Get, him, For you get them right. Yeah. It's two different. <laughs> Spelled the same, pronounced differently. Right. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> this man, tortured slave women without anesthesia, right? Cut them open, their vaginas open, did all types of experiments. Uh, Cut baby heads open without any pain relief or anything. This is type torture. And in this book, she starts with that. She talks about, and when I brought up earlier from the cradle to the grave, she talks about how, it was this black man in Charleston, South Carolina. They called him the grave digger. The medical, what is it called? UMSC, Charleston, South Carolina. Paid this man. Used to pay him. Doing Jim Crow to go to black graveyards and dig up black graves and take the bodies so they could, call them, they call them cadavers, so they could cut them open and experiment on. So when we talk about why black people do not go to the doctor, if you want to know why we have a history of not going to a doctor, Medical Apartheid is a must read. It is a hard read. Uh, it is a sad read to think about. And this is documented. Th- nothing in this book is guesstimated. It is purely documented, written and recorded history that she put in here. Because for, what you realize, for, the doctors are
1: recording what they're doing. So it's not exactly. like was making it up. She's reading their
2: reports.
1: And, the and she's a they... medical
2: doctor. And she couldn't understand, like you said, Greg, why are African-Americans, Black Americans suffering the way we're suffering? Why we do the things we do? And she stopped practicing medicine. And notice they, all doctors are practicing. We have to sometimes listen to the language. She stopped practicing medicine and wrote this book and went into, I, I think it took her like 10 to 12 years to finish, to do this book. But she realized that the torture and the things that we had went through, we do not trust doctors. It's historical. So it's not, you know, people always bring up Tuskegee. Man, it's stuff in here that makes Tuskegee look like real, yeah like we ain't even talk about Henry of that yeah we ain't talk about that sister you know her dna is the reason you got all these medicines and and these things that you that you give to the doctor and get shots and, and, and medications for now they took her dna and her family is poor as i don't know what but every every medical center every every if a usc harvard yeah all these medical centers are filthy rich behind her dna and this sister breaks this stuff down in this book, man. And as you know on this show, I always say, "Let's get to the source." You know, you we we have certain people. Black people need to do this, and black people need to do that. Well, why do we not do what you say we need to do? Medical apartheid. I, I
0: go. You can go ahead and speak, Greg. I'm, I'm gonna look. I'm gonna look up something here, and I, I, I. I I'll bring it up. Go ahead. Now, what? What? One of the things that I, I, I found fascinating about the book, well, it made me think. You know, first of all, how 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 like you guys said, how how close this is to home. You know what I'm saying all these people that that I think are right here. You know, close close to where we live or in state. You know, talked about the role that that uh, the University of South Carolina played. You know, in this so. That was one of the things that that stuck out with me on that. But another thing that made me think about about how they always try to prove that we're not uh, equal. We're different. We come from apes and this and that, and, you know. But that they, they this dispels that that notion that they thought we were different. They thought that we were less of because they always took us and made us the experiment for them. Like you said, this. The 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 guy that that done the, the gynecologist he he made sure that he operated on or, or, or he used the slaves to find out what was going on with the woman's body before he even went to a white woman you know he called himself perfecting this perfectionist craft on 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 African Americans on the slaves before he went to the white women before he you know before I even go there and and, and mess y'all up let me let me go through them you know and so that that lets it that that dispels the notion that we're we're not the same. We're not, and they always knew that. But they don't. But they, that's that's what they put out there that we were less than. You know that that's one of the things that jumped out at me as I was reading this book. You know, um, but it 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 it's ingrained in us, man. That and a lot of times we don't even have to know. Like like a lot of the stuff in this in this in this book, I didn't know the 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 statistics or the history of it, but it's always in us to know that. You know, something and, went and, wrong. Something's wrong. <laughs> yeah, something's going on with, with what they're doing to us. You, you follow what I'm saying? I, I you know, I, I could, I could go to certain instances, like she, you know, with, until I read this book, you know, put my, put my finger on it. But I always knew there was something there. You know, there's something going on. So, well, and I, one, of the, one of the pieces,
1: great. And I'm sorry to cut you off One of the pieces you that you have to, you have to realize too is the mentality of. How we were looked at. We were considered property. So when you know that that's a that's a tough pill to swallow. But the reality of when you're looked at property, you're not looked at in the, in the sentence. And okay, now we may have some that are, 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 are of some modern day um, uh, time who would say, well, well, that was fair. Well, the reality of it was at that time we were considered property. So to be in a place of saying. I am going to give fair and unequal treatment and, and, and care to a human being throws another subject that I would want us to address a little bit um, is the bioethics of, of this process. But I mean, I'm, we're not going to get into that. We're still dealing with this a medical apartheid. But when, you, when you're looking at the bioethics of it, it just says that I, as me as a doctor, as a physician, I am just number one. I am just going to do what's fair and right, no matter who my patient is. And that that didn't happen. It was, it was documented by the doctors who did the necessary uh, procedures that they did, the tortures that they did. And here's something that I, and I may be incorrect when I say this, but in reading the book, I realized that um, he went from South Carolina to Pennsylvania and We're talking about the other Lancaster he, he went, <laughs> <laughs> so so, I mean, just the correlation of of this process, so you found your spot, Nick, oh yeah, yeah, yes, okay. yes,, yeah. you, you want to share that spot But hold, and, hold on and, hold,
0: hold on, Nick, but you uh, you asked the asked question you to about the bioethics there back then, when Nick just gave an example of the bioethics of today. And but I'm I'm gonna let that lie in, you know. You know what I'm saying <laughs> I, I'm I'm gonna get away from that. Let that I'm, marinate. I'm gonna, yeah, I'm gonna let that marinate. So you know, whether it was back then or now, we still got the same issue.
1: But well, that's the issue, though, Greg. A lot when you even talk about the the, the, the medical apartheid or the bioethics of of, of life, those are you know. The, the educated names we we always had a name. Something happened. I don't trust just that. So we're looking at it. This is the academic names of these things that are happening. But a lot of people, when you talk about bioethics, they don't even know what that means. You, you, what does the bioethic mean? It means that the the ethical way of treatment of people. I mean, and that's the that's the you know that's the um paraphrasing verse, right. version of it. But I mean, it basically says that I'm going to treat. You know, as a physician, I'm going to treat the people that I have, you know, um, uh, ability to treat. I'm going to treat them with respect. You know, so yeah.
2: But when they when that oath was written, that was they were talking about white people,
1: right.
2: and they were considered people, and we were not. So, with the system being set up that way, was there ever anyone or anything that went into the system to change that? Right? Because we have pictures of doctors today. Uh, the, 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 remember the, uh, just last year, a year and a half ago, the uh, congressman from Virginia, who was a doctor, they showed him in blackface in medical school. Right. And this, this, this is our time, blackface in medical school. So if no one ever changed the ethics in medical school for doctors, what made them change their view on us? And let's look at the view. And remember, chapter three, Circus Africanus, the popular display of black bodies, chapter three of Medical Apartheid. I'm just going to read the top part. The Negro with us is not an actual physical being of flesh of, and bones and blood, but a hideous monster of the mind. Ugly beyond all physical portraying, so utterly and ineffable monstrous as to frighten, reason, from its throne, and justice from its balance, and mercy from its hollow temple, and to blot out shame and poverty, and the eternity sympathies of nature, so far as these things have present in the breast or being of American Republicans, no, sir, it is a constructive Negro. Now, I don't know if y'all heard what I just read. (laughs) <laughs> In any sense, this is the, this is the American Republic. This is what they think of us. I don't know when and where, and this is from John uh, Mukhan Smith, MD, a medical doctor who said this. Okay, when do we get into medical school and change that doctor's thought and how they train people on this? You have doctors today. Right now, today, they did a a, a a survey. I think it was a Harvard study that said doctors think that black people can withstand, still to this day, a Harvard study, go look it up, black people can withstand more pain yes. than anyone else. So that's why you don't see black people hooked on pills. We can't get them. Yep. We can, come on, this is a present, this is two thousand. That study came, I want to say, 2018, the Harvard study. There are doctors today that still believe what I just read from Dr. John Smith, Newfound Smith. So when you ask me why we don't go to a doctor or why we suffer from, one, because one, we're the most misdiagnosed. Two. We're the most practice on, So when they misdiagnose us, cause I asked my wife, I said, look, when I went to the doctor, they got diagnosed with cancer. I had no symptoms. I had no problems. I just took my regular physical. Everything else was great. My doctor said, go, okay, I turned 40. My doctor said, go take your PSA for your prostate. Cause this is your first year you need to start taking. And my number come, numbers come back through the roof. My numbers are so high. Okay, they retook it again. It came back high. It wasn't high as if it came back high. They said, your number's so high that we think that your cancer has broken the shell of the prostate, meaning that it has gotten outside and it is possibly in your other organs. I'm sitting here like, I just left the gym. Just, you know, Done all this, I'm, I'm working Everything. day, I'm, I'm feeling healthy, I'm eating right. And at this point, I haven't drank alcohol in eight years. So I haven't, no drugs, no nothing. I have been living a healthy life. My physical sex life with my wife is good. We, we, no problem, no ED. I had no, zero symptoms, but I'm, I, I do not have any urine. Listen, when I say no symptoms, no symptoms but I come back with these numbers. So it took me and my wife and my family three to four months to, 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 you know, so once they come back with a biopsy, that's the final result. And we can't, and my question was to the doctor, how? And for a doctor to stand in front of me and say, I don't know, threw me off. I mean, I, I didn't know what to do with myself. How can you be a medical doctor, and I'm a patient sitting in front of you, asking you, how did this happen? My father didn't have it, my grandfather didn't have it. How do I have it? Because the first thing they ask you is your family history, right? And to this day, and, and the doctor that I have, and, I w- and I'm and i gonna say this, Dr. Watson, uh, Carolina Urology out of Charlotte, I, rep- I recommend him to anyone. This was an honest man with me. He was honest. Everything we ever said, me and him sitting down, he was, he's been, he has been honest with me from the day. He wasn't the first, that wasn't the one that wanted to cut me open like a like a hog. He was the one that I got referred to later and ended up, you know, helping me through this whole process. He said, Mr. True's there, I, I don't have the answer for that. He said, There are multiple reasons I can give you, and then we have to. Go through and figure out what it was, but there's no one answer of why you had this cancer. So here we are in, because I, I went through mine in 2008, Greg. Here we are in a new millennium, millennium, and these doctors don't have answers to why we have certain things. Wait, what have y'all been doing? What y'all practice? You know what, what, what what school you went to again? <laughs> and from that day on, it it it. It led me to this, it led me to researching the medical field and the things that black people, black Black men and women have been going through since we've been here. And it is horrifying. I became, a, I mean, I still go to the doctor, I still get my resident checkups, but I ask questions now. You can't, one doctor can't tell me anything. I need confirmation. I need, okay, well, if this is the problem, we need to go, okay, well, we need to see two more doctors. I'm gonna need three doctors to tell me, you know what I'm saying? One doctor cannot tell me anything. and I, I recommend that to anybody in this country, black or white, do not take one person's answer for anything. Sit down, and one of the most horrifying things I had to do and you agree greg you know this is read about prostate cancer the survival rate the chance of it coming man yeah, yeah. talking about stress yeah but it has to be done and it had to be done and it had to be done so i could help other people
0: yeah i agree you know it, it but it my it, our, you know, we don't talk about it, but our situation is so similar, man. I, I didn't have any symptoms as well, man. You know, and the only reason I was going to the doctor cause I paid for insurance. They were taking money out of my check. So I'm, sitting, <laughs> I'm, <sitting laughs> taking, I'm <laughs> taking this money out of my check every week. So I need to go see this doctor, man. I, I need I, I need to get something on this return, man. I need to get some return on, on this exchange here. So man. right. And, you know, so that's that's why I kept going. And in the same same situation, when I had no symptoms, no nothing and and, uh, you know, it. And it, 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 we talked about the mental part of it. it, it took me, man, you know, actually, it took me a whole year to actually process this. But from what, from the time he told me, you know, from the biopsy to the time I even went back to the doctor, man, to say, okay, I want to, it, it was a whole year had passed, man, to be honest with you. I mean, I told my family everything, whatever, and they was like, oh, what what we gonna do?" I said, "I got it under control," but I didn't have it under control because I, right. I had to go through this, you know, this, this mental process accepting what's going on with me. So, you know, and and, and you know, we talk about the mental health, and, and, and Ronnie, and we go hit that on 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 another show. We go deep dive into that on another show, but that that's that, that's part of what happens with us, you know, like like you said, Nick, that brother that you talked to. Had had no idea, he he didn't, you know. I I I our thought process is what what is what is my next move, not the fact that you know I'm dealing with something, you know, on on, on not only on a physical level, on, on on my health level, but where does it take me mentally, right? And that and that's our last resort, you know. From there, but um, it, it's definitely man, we we we, I, 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 where's the answer for us in our community? you, you, you said that you know, what you read in the book, what you, the things that you talked about in the book, how they, how they think about us. I I, I was listening to talk radio and this probably was about a year, maybe a year and a half ago. And there was just talking about that same thing. That this lady, she's a doctor, she's a white doctor. And she was talking about how the medical community thinks of African-Americans. She said, I had this lady, um, she said, I was part of a team of doctors that this lady kept coming back to us and they kept telling, she kept telling them her symptoms and they kept saying, it could possibly be this, could possibly be that. Uh, there's no way this is happening. And, it, it, you know, and I'm going to try to make this short. And they kept on, you know, get you know, not agreeing with her, disagreeing with her, thinking, thinking things are, you know, different, giving her this, that, and the other. And say, she, she, she finally said to them, say, well, why don't we just give her this test? Let's give it a test to see what's going on. And of course, you know, they thought about what the test would cost. You know, we, we know it can't be this. Why why we waste our time with this? And the lady said, they finally just, okay, that's what you want, we'll do it. She said, and they were angry with her. You know, she they was angry with her. And and the context was a black female. And, and, and she said that black females are treated worse than African-American men, if you follow what I'm saying, because for some reason, they seem to think that, uh, of course, we will say women take more pain than men, but they treat the African female as if that she does not know what's going on with herself and, you know, or, or, or whatever. But she said they finally gave her the test and she said that giving her that test actually saved her life because the they went on another, you know, month, two months, the woman would have died, you know, and, and so and say this went on for, for a year, you know, for a year or so that this woman kept coming back telling them what was going on with them. They kept telling them, no, that can't be it. This can't be it. And say so the woman was right the whole time, you know? So that's, that's how they treat, uh, our, our community for in the medical medical field about what we, what we tell them what's going on, you know, and once again, Nick, like you said, they're practicing what's going on. They intend don't believe that that's going on. So they give us, you know, I guess the rigmarole to run around, on what's going on, and and that and that plays a part in why we don't do or why we don't treat, you know, go to the doctors and do whatever we need to do.
2: Well, and I, I my wife, I use my wife' example. My wife a couple of years ago, she had this bad cough. My wife has lupus. Lupus. She had this bad cough, and she kept going to her doctor, primary doctor, I'm like, look, I can't get rid of this cough, and I'm feeling, I'm feeling well, I'm feeling bad, and he kept, you know, giving her stuff for lupus, kept, kept. This went on about a year till my wife's cough got so bad that she ended up. She said, well, "I got to see another doctor." She went to see another doctor. The doctor immediately put her into the hospital. My wife had pneumonia, and she had had pneumonia for over a year. And this, her primary care doctor didn't even think to check her for a pneumonia. He just assumed. And my wife ended up two been spending two weeks in the hospital with damaged lungs. She could have died from this. You understand? And another reason, Greg, I'm, uh, the reason they, they treat black women worse than black men, because black men, most of us have come to the realization, I ain't going to die. We already know what they're going to do. <laughs> See, black men come to the realization a little more quicker than our black women do. We're like, you know what? Right. I already know what they're going to do. I ain't going to die right here. We accept it.
0: Yeah.
2: And that's, you know, we accept it. we be like, i die right here. That's not a good, I'm not saying that's a good thing. By no stretch of the imagination, am I saying that's a good place to be? We're just in a place where we just made, we just come to the, the, the conclusion that this is what it is. But see, black women will go and make them or find a way to make them, you know what I'm saying? They will push the envelope. But you know, this is, and like I say, this happened to my wife in 2016 or 15, I think it was. And that's why sometimes y'all hear she have that cough now because that one year damaged her lungs. And she has already, she's had lupus. She got diagnosed with lupus she was like 16, 17. So this doctor allowed that to happen, but someone comes to you with with with, with certain symptoms. Shouldn't you check for everything? You just don't assume it. comes. You see what I'm saying? Like, but these We're are what doctors are doing. we are gonna pay for it. <laughs> okay, yeah, there it is. We got now, it. I, but Ronnie, we got good insurance. I,
1: I I hear you, but let me let me throw <laughs> something else in. There. I hear you. Let me throw something else in the mix. I think one of the things that we um. I think we talked about diabetes earlier, but let me throw this one in. What about hypertension within the African-American community? I mean, you talk about this. I mean, it's literally called the silent killer. And, you know, with the diabetes, you know, well, let me ask this. Is diabetes and hypertension, can it be fixed without medication?
2: Yes. And how? Uh, change of diet. Pure and so, Right. Pure so and simple.
1: something as simple as changing the diet. I've but, seen it. Yep. But goes back to, to the, to the issue we talked about on the other side of this uh, podcast. We talked about the cost. Oh.
2: Okay.
1: And, yeah. and uh, the cost of eating healthy. Uh, I'm going to throw one in the mix that you probably um, haven't thought about. How, what about your mouth? your teeth. Wow. When You start thinking about doctors or dentists and they tell you the, the significance of the way your mouth is connected to the rest of your body or even let's jump down to your feet. How if you don't take care of your feet or your mouth, how that is connected to your body. Now, you know, I'm a proponent of, of you know, of the mouth and I'll say this. You guys know in 2016, I was, um, hospitalized. And if you didn't know, I'm saying it to everybody out there in, in podcast land. I was diagnosed, uh, I was hospitalized on a Friday afternoon, I went to the doctor, um, hospital actually went to the emergency room, didn't feel good, everything. And they told me to, uh, they gave me some pain medicine, told me to go see my primary care doctor on Monday, I Called my primary doctor on Monday, told me what was going on. I went in um, on that Monday, they did the test that Tuesday morning. I mean, like bright and early that Tuesday morning, the doctor called my wife and says, "Um, where's your husband? She said, well, leave that home. He said, go get him now and take him to the hospital ASAP. I was septic. I had a toothache that turned into me becoming septic. And they said, if I did not have emergency surgery, I was going to die. Out of that, I ended up on life support. So when we're talking about this whole process of health, we got to look at it It's just holistic health, it's not only the physical organs, the heart, the you know, the lungs, the stomach, but we got to look at your mouth, how we take care of our feet, how we take care of our mental status and all of that. So, you know, and of course I, I recovered because I didn't have any other health issues going on, uh, major health issues going on. But I mean, I'm a proponent of, you know, I think, some of us on this call, I mean, on this on this podcast, can can attest, we got high blood pressure, and but it's about changing your diet, exercising, doing the necessary things to help prevent that or lower that process. You know, um, so anybody got anything?
2: Well, I am hyper I suffer from hypertension. My blood pressure. I don't have normal, I don't don't take anything for blood pressure. I don't have normal high blood pressure. My blood pressure runs high when I get stressed. I get headaches. We already know that's hypertension. I've always had it. And, you know, after, you know, going through counseling, uh, I have what you call stress triggers. You know what I'm saying? I I suffer from, I was diagnosed with aggressive depression, meaning that, there are certain things that happen in my life that uh, triggers, you know what I'm saying? Triggers certain things from a child, from childhood on. So I have moments, I'm not depressed all the time, but I have moments of depression. But my depression, you know, some people go sit in the corner, well, mine's might come out violent, which you you see that in a lot of young black youth. They don't know how to deal with what they're going through. So they respond a certain way. Uh, I don't, I can identify it now. So at this older age, you know, I don't, there might be a, a, a lash out, but I try to catch myself now. You know, I, I know what I'm going through. You know, my sisters, you know, as a young kid, my they was always, you know, they always said I was violent. I never seen it. <laughs> What? You know, I've been violent. as is y'all talking about? But you let my siblings and everybody and everybody, people around me like, yeah, I was violent. But which as you get older, you know, because the body at a young age can handle things differently. You know what I'm saying? But as you get older, hypertension starts to affect you internally. So the first time I think I, got, I realized I had hypertension, I think it was 2001. I went to the doctor. And uh, like Greg said, hey, I got this insurance, man. Hey, taking this, taking this money, let's let's talk about it. So we go do the blood work. He's like, hey man, you you know, they had me come lay down and lay in a dark room and like, what the heck? What is this? You know, <laughs> cool air, you know. I'm like, if if they start playing some Zen music, I'm gonna get up out of here and leave. <laughs> so, <laughs> <laughs> so so you know, they left me in there for an hour, man. And then the doctor finally came back. He said, "Miss Truesdale, well, you know, your history—you don't have, you know, you don't have high blood." He said, "But you suffer from hypertension, which means when you're straight, He said, "What is going on right now?" And what had happened was, I had had surgery on my knee. I wasn't working. I hadn't worked in six months, so I was under stress. That you know, I was stressed. And he said, "Man, just you know, you got to calm down. You 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 got to find a way to calm yourself down because your blood that." Like, your blood, my blood, it was off the charts, but like I said, I've never been on medication, but I found a way to, I meditate now. I, I meditate. I meditate. I don't eat a lot of salty food. I don't eat a lot of meat. I eat very, I very seldom eat meat. Uh, don't drink a lot of alcohol. I have a few drinks here and there. I, I I do. I minimize my way of living to where I can control my blood pressure. You know what I'm saying? And when I feel myself against at this age, when I feel myself getting stressed, I go sit down somewhere and I'll just meditate. I'll just calm it down. I'll just, you know, I try to let things go now. But that is my story, my hypert I do suffer I'm a I'm a black man that suffers from hypertension.
1: The other part too is is, you know, I guess we would be remiss if we didn't throw sleep in, in the mix of this, you know. We, 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 not only do you take care of yourself mentally, physically, but you also have to get enough rest. And, and, and making sure that the body has enough time to, you know, rejuvenate and regenerate itself and moving forward. Fellas, I I, I, I want to touch on something, and I'm, I don't know if you guys are aware, um, but when we talk about what we do in our community, uh, I've had the pleasure of, of working with some different agencies right here in our city uh, and helping put some things together, um, dealing with those health issues and, you know. One of them, uh, if you don't mind me mentioning, one of them is called Impact York County, where we look at the health, um, health issues of different health agencies. And basically it's, it was a bunch of agencies coming together and trying to figure out how we can better the health capacity of our, um, of our city. But as I was sitting there in those meetings back in 2016 and I was sitting there, um, you know, it became one of those meetings where it was it was just doing research and data. And I'm like, okay, but where's the change coming? You know, and I think that that was frustrating for me. And then the other part became is, okay, where's the faith community? Where's the church? Where's, you know, we're we're talking about pushing spirituality across the pulpit, but where's the church when it comes to addressing these health issues within our community? And so it, it prompted me to start moving forward and out of that, um, being involved in that uh, impact york county um, it prompted me to and a few other people not by myself but it prompted me to to start moving forward of um, asking the faith community where how how, do we, how are we going to deal with this health issue within our community and out of that came another um, uh, movement called the faith and health coalition uh, of york county and so what what I'm saying is regardless of who you are what you're doing in your community take the necessary the necessary initiatives to not just look at the numbers but start pushing healthy eating start pushing lifestyle change start pushing um, uh, all of the issues that are preventive as opposed to because we already we talked about it and we have not exhausted we've already know what it, when it comes to the other side of, of, of the equation Um, maintenance do the maintenance up front do the preventive issues up front so that when we get to the place that you do have to have a doctor look at you that you have done your part that's i think that's really one of the things that i really want to lay out here and so what i'm saying for us on the podcast it is not just us having a conversation we are doing things i am doing things in our community to address this issue So don't think that we, we the brothers just talking and we don't know what we're talking about. We do our research. We take care of ourselves. We share a lot of, uh, health related issues within our, in our circle. Um, we talked about, you guys talked about Greg and Nick. You talked about your shared capacity. You know, my wife has breast cancer. Well, you know, there's another person within our circle who has breast, who had breast cancer. And so when you, when you look at that, you, you, we do this as, as a, as a community of people. We help each other get through this process. And so that's what I'm saying to you as a listener. Please don't just complain about it, talk about it, but as they say, be about it. Do something in your community that promotes healthy eating, promotes a healthy lifestyle. And so that we can have that change that needs to happen. Fellas, I'm, you know, we're about ready to come to the end of the day, but is there any lasting words that you may want to share with our, our listeners today about this um, health and health care? Again, this is a subject
2: that cannot be exhausted, um, but any lasting words? Well, I'll go first because I let Greg, since this is his platform for this, I let him go last. Uh, since 1970, there has been zero growth in the number of black male doctors in America. And with the black female doctors, there has been maybe a 5% or a smaller amount growth. So in other words, the black Americans, especially black males are not going to medical school. Let's start pushing that. Let's start getting not people that look like us, but people who are us. And that's no shade to the Africans and the other people that come from other countries, but they are not us. They have not been through what we've been through. Uh, I have a niece that just, you know, took her final medical exam and I'm pretty sure she passed it. She about, you know, get her white coat. So let's start pushing, you know, our young boys, because I'm a black male and our young girls, let's start pushing them at a young age towards, instead of football, how about medical school and law school? Because for some reason, and I'll just leave it at that because we're about to end the show, we're seeing negative growth in those fields from the African-American, the Black, ADOS, American Descendants of Slavery in this country. And it's not by accident. But if we're going to get to the root of these problems, we need our own people in those boardrooms, in those studies, putting these things together like we got this sister here that did this book. She's, she, you know what I'm saying? So that's my last
0: thing on this. All right. Um since <laughs> you mentioned black doctor I'm, I'm, I'm gonna give a shout out to my doctor my, i got i got a brother young brother man and i say young because he look younger than me but he's a great my primary care doctor Doctor Stephen see me through crash practice i was, I was shout out shallow knock him so i want to give him that shout out because he's always looked out for me man he'll take care of me. but um as far as as far as this out of, out of all that that was said that was done um uh, I, Kind of got out of, out of what Nick said. We might need to uh, w- when we go to look for uh, our doctors or look for healthcare. Like Nick said, get a second opinion. It jumped in my mind. You know, let's let's treat it. Let's treat it like um uh, like when when we go buy a car. And we ain't got enough credit. We need a cosigner. So let's let's get a cosigner on on definitely those um those those those, those definitely those things that are. are, are or deep you know as far as surgical procedures you know surgical procedures and stuff like that so we definitely want to want to get a, a second opinion on that but out of all that was said you know even even though things that were done how much um, you know this this system uh, the system is not broke system operating like 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 it was made to operate but through all that we still need to take care of ourselves as, as a community as black men as black women, uh, we need to make sure that we're there, you know, for for our families. Make sure that we're there, for you know, for one another. That was one of the things that, when I when I went through the cancer situation, it, it, that drove me was the fact that me being there for my family. And so I'm saying that as as a black man to another black man, we need you in our community. As to another black woman, we need you in our community. So. You know, I could have been selfish and believe me it. it once you go through what you go through, it, I thought about it it's a selfish thing because I, I did not want to go through surgery. I didn't want to do that. But for us to be there for one another, be there for your family, for your community, keep yourself healthy because we, we need each and every one of you in this fight, you know, that we're going through. We we, we need you there. So uh, that's that's what I'm it on, you know, even though this system is, is, is the, 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 the word I, I can say, man, is it's not, it's not, um, it's not good. <laughs> I, I'm gonna be polite. It's not good, but let's, we, that's what we have. So I say to each and every one of our community, let's let's definitely keep ourselves healthy.
1: Gentlemen, we've come to the end of this podcast, and we appreciate you as as as, as giving your words of wisdom and just commentary but most importantly you as the listeners we appreciate you of being a part and, and continuously tuning in and following us as i said on our uh, podcast and following us on our facebook page and as when this comes out on our um, blog page we are actually looking for some level of response um because we want to have some level of dialogue but as always when it comes to the infos it is time to do what
0: Put out the likes.
2: Take care, everybody. Have a good day.